you have trouble talking about your feelings? You're not alone. It's a topic that can make even the most powerful people somewhat squeamish. You're listening to Feelings Matter, where our mission is to demystify everything about emotions so that we can all get more comfortable talking about them. Join Tina and Michelle every week as we unpack a new angle on emotions, drawing upon the science of the brain and the psychology of human nature. Why should feelings matter in the workplace? Because I, yeah, we've kind of danced around a little bit and put it into context of who we are and, and why we as individuals talk about it and focus on it and whatever. But generally speaking, now we get to the point of why should feelings matter in the workplace when there are so many, I, I kid you not, I turned on the morning news and there was a news story about a fairly large market CBS affiliate that has had to suspend their president and vice president because of racist comments and sexual harassment type concept. Basically the headline was um, toxic workplace environment. Mm -hmm. Toxic workplace environment is an umbrella statement for there's something going on that's making everyone feel really bad. But we never talk about the feelings part of it. We actually dance across that. Mm -hmm. We dance around it. We look at behaviors. We look at policy. We look at regulation. We, we, we lean on these structures that we put in place because we don't really have a good language or a sense for measuring or talking about emotions or our feelings. When we look at somebody who's left a job, do they say, you know, I left this job because I just wasn't getting the kind of positive reinforcement that I was looking for. Um, I wasn't um, really thinking so much about promoting this company on Glassdoor. I thought maybe I'd want to talk negatively about them instead. No, these are metrics that companies use to determine if their employees are satisfied or not. But you hear somebody talk at your, you know, happier or your friend group, and it's like, oh, God. I just hated my boss. I was so stressed out. I was so unhappy. And I just, I couldn't take it anymore. And I left. Mm -hmm. So the core of that is unhappiness. And the core of that is stress. So it matters at work because our workplace is where we spend most of our waking hours as adults. And yes. even though we're not even physically in our workspaces right now due to COVID, most of us, or many of us, maybe, we are still suffering. Obviously, if people are vice president and president are now getting hit with those kinds of news stories, you know, you don't even have to be in the same workplace to feel the stress uh, that others can cause uh, through racism, through gender biased, unconscious or intentional, mm -hmm. through uh, workplace harassment or bullying, um, or generally through expectations of more than people should even be able to manage can cause stress. And that stress is a bad feeling and it, it tends to snowball. And if unchecked, it could turn into clinical depression and that starts costing the company really big money. Mm -hmm. So, Well, any, and we've, we've been doing quite a bit of research lately on just how much ignoring people's feelings actually does cost a company. So yeah, you've got company turnover that costs money to rehire and retrain and, and all that kind of stuff with aspects of either harassment or lack of diversity, what you could have lawsuits involved in that. 
a lot of companies are are having to make adjustments even to their benefits packages in order to kind of try and compensate for the need for like more mental health care and stuff like that. It It's a huge factor. And I think one of the articles that you and I were recently looking at was even talking about just the company valuation, that Mm -hmm. the perception in the marketplace that this company isn't worth as much as it used to be due to mental health issues and and things like that. There's a lot of really great statistics that you can look at to really quantify the impact. 20 to 25% of all working adults are suffering from a mental health issue, whether it be depression, bipolar disorder, uh, anorexia, it could be anything. Anxiety. Anxiety. I know. (laughs) I think we're all suffering from (laughs) at least a mild level of anxiety right now, but yeah. Exactly. Probably maybe that's doubled right about now, but we got to watch out for that because it's Mm -hmm. only going to grow. It's more critical than ever now to figure out how we can quantify these emotions, but uh, the World Health Organization has put a global impact of a trillion dollars a year on, on business as the cost of managing and dealing with simply people who are suffering from mental health issues. That doesn't even scratch the surface of what you're discussing that causes stress, such as the sexual harassment, the lawsuits that may come out of it, racism, bullying. I mean, you it's it's exponential. I mean the the costs but all the root of of everything with this cost is comes down to how another person is making you feel or how you are impacting the emotions of another person or how a company's decisions or their policies or hiring practices or whatever it is mm-hmm. are impacting the emotions of the people that work there and their customers so a lot of this comes down to corporate culture wouldn't you say it's a big part of corporate culture, I would mm-hmm. say. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I, there was another article I was reading that was like the 21 causes of stress in the workplace. <laughs> and as I skimmed down the list, I'm like, the vast majority of those are cultural. Has to do have. with company culture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just talking with somebody the other day who was telling me, oh, a friend of mine, their business was acquired, you know, a big exit and you're a C-level executive at a tech company acquired by a larger firm. Isn't that the dream of every startup? Isn't that the dream of an entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow, you wouldn't believe it, but you know, they have a four-year vesting period and it's like three months in and they're quitting and they're just giving up all of that, that financial reward because they just don't like the people at the company that acquired them. And that's tough. Grief. It will show you that it kind of doesn't even matter. You can't pay somebody enough to stay in a situation where they're feeling stressed and they're feeling undervalued or they're being persecuted. Who knows what the situation or was? not even heard. I mean, it's, it's amazing yeah. how just not feeling like somebody actually listens to you and values Mm -hmm. what you have to say. I mean, it can be that mild. I know it really can. And as a woman in business, it's always been challenging to be heard. Put me back into my little girl spot more often than I'd like to say. Um, But I did start a business when I was 28 years old, which is not going to give away my age, but a couple decades ago. Um, So I looked about 12. 
when I started the business. And um, I would walk into meetings and be very qualified, very capable of performing the work, uh, only to be met with skepticism just because of the way that I look. Mm -hmm. So never mind how I feel. I mean, can I even do the job? Because, you know, you're like a kid, right? (laughs) So it's that underdog syndrome, I think, that maybe makes me more sensitive than most to making sure that we do hear how everyone is feeling and that we do honor those feelings, good and bad. Mm -hmm. In fact, sometimes bad more than good. Support for this podcast comes from Mindful Happy. Your feelings matter and Mindful Happy can prove it. Try it out for free right now. Grab your phone and text the emoji that best represents how you feel to 972-480-6715. See how your feelings compare with other listeners of the Feelings Matter podcast. Again, text the emoji to 972-480-6715. And now back to the conversation with Tina and Michelle. Is corporate empathy actually possible? I would like to believe that it is. Is it happening? Perhaps. <laughs> In some cases. In- um, <laughs> we're trying. You, between the two of us, we're trying. Tina and I have been working together for several years now, and it's really interesting how the communication skills have come to be a part of the way we work. And it definitely has made, I will say straight up, it has made a huge difference for me in my professional life. And the fact that I do feel like at a company level, there is a degree of empathy that can be baked into the culture. And I, I, that it makes me excited to get up every morning and work on the projects that we're working on, because I know that at least within our little company group, yeah, I feel like my feelings matter. My voice matters. I'm going to be heard all of those kinds of things. And that just stems from communication and valuing Mm -hmm the impact of emotion in the workplace. I have a little secret for you. (laughs) I have been managing teams for nearly 20 years and I have made so many mistakes over those years, but ultimately through trial and error, I have found that valuing every bit of the people that work for me uh, in my team and for my company whether it's good or bad and without judgments Mm -hmm. and full acceptance uh, creates exactly what you're describing, which is I feel safe. I feel excited about coming up and getting my work, getting going, getting moving. I'm motivated. And I feel even if I, what I want, which is, Hey, I get to the point where it's not working anymore or there's something going wrong. You totally feel safe in saying that too. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is, you know, it's not the be all end all and everything changes a lot. So creating that culture of safety, unfortunately, I think I'm in the minority when it comes to leadership that is 100% accepting, and I'm including mental health issues, anxiety and depression issues, bipolar issues, personality disorders that can, like narcissism, and dealing with people on your team that maybe they're narcissists, maybe they can't empathize with their teammates. Mm-hmm. 
what you have to do at that point is you have to help your teammates empathize with their teammates who are unable to empathize and understand that they can't empathize so that they stop judging and feeling slighted all the time. Right. Um, yeah. It's not easy. That's for sure. <laughs> no, it's not. And, <laughs> I, and I, personal life. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Seriously. Gaslighting and whatnot. We could mm-hmm. spin off on many, many rabbit trails as I'm sure we will. But the important thing is, is that at the workplace, you have to have a, a, a certain level of respect for privacy, but you also have to have the ability to safely deal with people at the level that they need to be uh, worked with, which is different for everyone. Passion of emotion and passion of measuring emotion has been one of mine and being a designer, uh, user experience designer for 20 years. uh, And now being a social scientist has put me in a place to do the research and understand how to measure or come up with a way to quantify and measure emotion, uh, which is why we're doing this podcast, which mm-hmm. is to support the business we're launching called Mindful Appy. And Mindful Appy is a technology that uses scientific methods like experience sampling method that has emerged in the positive psychology movement to check in with people at random times and see how they feel that data can be aggregated and displayed and it can be collected and reported anonymously so that it's safe for the people who are sharing how they feel. Um, So we're very excited about that. We are very excited about that. One last question before we go. Obviously, there are lots of topics that we can talk about. You, You see how we light up and get excited about various aspects of this. So as far as the podcast is concerned, what viewpoints do we bring to this? What what can the audience expect moving forward if they decide to subscribe and go on this podcast journey with us? Well, I hope they do because it will be a wide, uh, it will be at personal levels with parenting and dealing with kids and emotion. It will be grounded in psychology and science always. We will be discussing how things are measured, different studies that have been done, what they're showing, where the industry is going. We're going to be bringing in, blending that with our own interests and our own expertise in communications and design, which I have found is a very unique angle to bring to the topic of mindfulness and emotions and the judgment and acceptance of those. Uh, I would say we're probably going to avoid getting really religious uh, or very, um, uh, we might get a little woo-woo from time to time, but really at my heart, I'm a scientist and an artist and a businesswoman. And this is a core passion that um, my goal is to help everyone design their own life experience through the awareness of their emotional experience and the ability to make changes accordingly to how they want it to turn out. I, I am so excited. I (laughs) really, I mean, I I'm trying not to go bouncing off the walls right now because I'm that (laughs) excited about this. This has been a culmination of a lot of conversations and a lot of, Ooh, I get where you're going with that. Ooh, this is cool. Ooh. So, um, yeah, I I look forward to having you. On the journey with me, Michelle, who is an experienced podcaster and author, 
an international search marketing judge, <laughs> um, a writer, a technologist, a generalist, and a lifelong learner that we are on these parallel paths and we can explore this topic together. Mm -hmm. um, so we also need to dive into any passions that you have. I know too, and we were, we're definitely. Gonna oh, get we, we have a long <laughs> list of things that Michelle is interested in for certain <laughs> and everything our, from, I mean, I have crazy questions like, why is it happiness is the thing that we value most when, I mean, we're, we're fine if we're going to talk about emotions in the context of being happy. But when we talk about all of the other emotions that we experience, it's like, mm, no, no. I mean, it's things like that. Uh, for me, my passion is behavior. What makes another person tick? So whether that is writing characters that seem authentic and relatable, uh, you know, that, that comes down to, why does, what is it that caused that person to say that thing or behave in that way or make that human behavior just absolutely fascinates me in every, and being as much of a person of words and a communicator that I am to also become a data geek on and look at numbers and charts and go, wait a minute, that actually represents human behavior yeah. is where it's accessible to me. I am not in numbers. I am not a statistics type of person, but to see trends in behavior over time really does fascinate me. Yeah. And you, if you could track it with data, then woo, mm -hmm. that's pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. I'd be curious as people start listening to this, what are they interested in? You know, what perspective do they come from? in terms of emotions, are they comfortable even talking about them? Is this something new and different for them? Is this mm -hmm. something that they think about all the time? Like, who are you out there? And what do you uh, care about? Yeah. Are, are you, are you going, whoa, I never thought about it that way, but you know, now that you said that, <gasps> I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Or maybe there's some crazy ladies here. <laughs> I'm on to the next thing. <laughs> Either way, what? we're okay. we're not going to be everybody's <laughs> cup of tea, but that's okay. Yeah, but you know, it's uh, uh, it's there's a there's a big heart here between uh the north and the south, uh, and there's um there's a lot of good stuff that we get to explore. So I know that we're going to have an amazing time doing it. I agree, Tina Schweiger. Thank you so much for spending some time and talking with me about all of the things that make you interested, excite you, um, thrill you. <laughs> There's going to be so much more. Michelle Stinton Ross, thank you very much. <laughs> Next time on Feelings Matter. Why do we seem to value happiness over other emotions? Western culture and American culture in particular does value the experience of happiness over other emotions.